Delighted to welcome onto this week's TRM podcast, Shola Kay, who's a, an author, a speaker, she's done TED Talks. And uh, Shola's going to be talking about empathy, the impact empathy can have on the workforce, on the team, on the culture of the business, for anybody that's interested in diversity and inclusion, the role that empathy has to play, what does it look like, what does it feel like, what can we all do? Um, Shola's got huge experience from working with multiple organisations and audiences talking about empathy and the role it can play, and she's going to share some of those with us. A massive welcome to the TRM podcast to Shola Kay. Thank you for joining us, Shola. Thank you for having me, Gordon. I'm excited to be here today. So TED Talker, author, and we'll get into the specifics of what you do, but it, um, it's you're, you're all about empathy, among other things. That's right. Yeah, I mean, empathy has got so many different, um, to use the word applications, but it, 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 it underlies a, a lot of um, sort of initiatives in the workplace, or it should do at least. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm excited because my one of my, I've got um, one of my two favourite recruiters in the world, um, I was speaking to their chief people officer the other day and she was saying, oh yeah, we are doing a whole program all around empathy. I said, tell me more. Yeah, it's a series of workshops that we're gonna do about empathy. And it's the first time I've, I've certainly heard a recruiter talk to me in that level, investing that much focus uh, around empathy. You know, people will do it about uh, inclusion and, and, and everything else, but focusing on the empathy. So how did you come to be, how did you come to be an empathy, uh, an empathy guru, an expert, an expert on empathy. Uh, well, I, I was interested in in empathy through through the lack of empathy empathy in a couple of workplaces I was in early on in my career. So um, having managers who didn't ask before they made assumptions regarding what was happening in terms of my performance. Um, and one one company was in the states, and um, I I was basically put before my managing director who assumed I was being lazy or I was incompetent. And it was just because my manager didn't have any empathy to ask questions mm. and uh, find out what was going on. And then I had a similar situation at another company and I had an opportunity to do a TEDx talk. And I thought, well, great topic would really be to talk about empathy and the lack of it and mm. how we can be more empathetic in the workplace. That was a few years ago. Yeah, and that trip, that trip, triggered your journey into into what you focus on now um but when you say you got invited to do a ted talk was that saying um shola i've got a slot and i want i want you what are you going to talk about or how did that come about it was me putting forward it it was a sort of a a a neighborhood where there were mainly people wanting to talk about neighborhood issues and i was one of the people that wanted to talk about what happens in the workplace Mm -hmm. and i was the one that suggested empathy as a topic and they were quite happy with that Brilliant. So, so why, um, um, when, when you specifically what you do when you work with organisations in order to help them become more empathetic, uh, is that principally cultural or is it coming from a different angle? Is it, is it, is it sort of working alongside um, diversity and inclusion strategies, or is it just part of the culture to build the ultimate team, which inevitably has to be empathetic? Mm. It's all of those, to be honest. So I, I primarily work as a keynote speaker. Uh, so quite often it's around there's some sort of DEI initiative happening and they need someone to come in. Uh, often it's leadership as well. So 
could be working with senior leaders. Uh, there's a lot of focus now on things like listening sessions and, and some leaders aren't terribly empathetic. So helping them with that. And even things like mental health uh, awareness. So I was talking to Nestle earlier this week as part of their mental health week campaign. So we, we looked at how can you be more empathetic towards your colleagues and, and help them uh, move in the direction they need to go in if they're having some mental health issues. Does it, do, they, do they, when leaders say, yeah, I want to evolve our, our empathy within the organisation, does that typically uh, get driven from issues or is it just nurturing the culture or is it just trying to be a great employer? Well, what, what kind of stimulates the, the, the focus on empathy? Yeah, I think it can be, again, it can be all of those, to be honest. So I think sometimes there's a distinct lack of empathy and things have happened or you have attrition, high turnover, people expressing a lot of dissatisfaction and they realise that, that that needs to be the angle. Mm. Other times, it's um, I, I tend to see empathy as the foundation of diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives because I think... Some people are a little bit resistant to DEI, but if you talk to them about the power of empathy, mm. it's very rare that somebody will push back and say, no, this isn't useful to us. Mm. So I think that can be a way to open up the door, get people a little bit more interested and then prepare them for what's yeah. coming later. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point actually, because um, DNI, EDNI, whatever acronym we want, want to use is actually um, feels to some people, uh, um, a little bit complicated in some ways and there are there are nuances obviously and there are, are, are uh, subtleties to and things we need to get right but the fundamentally it's about doing the right thing um which brings us back to empathy so if you if you can just give me your dictionary definition of empathy what is it oh gosh well I, some say you know the ability to understand the feelings of of another person um Things like recognition that other people's feelings and experiences have values have value too. Mm. I think everything about sort of just not centering things on yourself, but understanding that we need to understand, we need to get what's going on for other people. So it's not just about us. So are we fundamentally uh, self-centered people that need to think a bit differently? I think so. I think we, we, we have a survival instinct, don't we? And so we tend to centre ourselves to make sure we are looked after before we think of other people. So uh, I, th I think for many of us, empathy isn't a natural way of being, whereas other people are very much about putting others first. Uh, have we become more empathetic during uh, the, the pandemic or less, less uh, empathetic? I'd definitely say more, more yeah. so. I think people... Um, because of all that's been going on, uh, there's there's much more of a push now in workplaces to understand people, to create a culture of care, to create a culture where uh, it, instead of it being top down, command and control, you know, much more transformational. So the, the pandemic, as tough as it has been, I think has really caused a huge change in the way that we look at this topic in the workplace. Uh, we, we, we've got a community who were absolutely phenomenal when, you know, we went into lockdown one and subsequent lockdowns and during the two year period where, where we were going through the worst of it. And, you know, I know it's still not great in some parts of the world, but the, um, the way that people looked after each other and supported each other as a community was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Do you get a sense that some of that now we're back to a slightly more normal environment and, and, and life's more similar to the way it was before COVID? Has, has that been lost a little bit? 
Or, well, or has it well, left a positive legacy? Yeah, no, I think it has left a positive legacy. And I think also, as you look at the younger generations, uh, there's some, some data from Business Solver. Um, and this actually was from before the pandemic, some of it. But uh, I think they found that 80% of millennials said that they would leave their current employer if that employer became less empathetic. And as you look at Gen Z, that number goes up to 90%. So even if employers are trying to move back to the way things were before the pandemic, I think with this move of younger people coming through, it, it, they'll, they'll, their feet will be held to the fire, the employers, yeah. on this one. So, so, yeah, so that's really interesting. So, so the next generation uh, who are coming into the workplace now and are uh, in the workplace already, when where they're looking for an empathetic um, employer what specifically are they looking looking for is it the way they are treated themselves or is it is it the way that the business or the organization cares for the environment the world in which they live it's both it's both mm. so uh, a lot of the younger generations aren't used to the hierarchy command and control they're used to having their opinions sought uh, being more involved, even if they're, they're young and inexperienced, they, they feel as though they've got something to contribute. Mm. So they, they don't want to be pushed into this box where, right, you're young, you don't know anything, we'll tell you what to do. And then, of course, at the same time, we've got the, the sort of environment, social justice happening, and they want an employer who supports some of these issues that they are so deeply interested in. So, mm. yeah, it, it works on both levels there. And what does that require of, of sort of management and leadership, therefore, if you want to build an empathetic, empathetic business and empathetic organisation mm. from a competency and a skill set? Because, I, you know, I get there's some stuff we can do as a business or as an organisation. But equally, if, if I'm a manager of an individual and I want to be the ultimate empathetic um, leader, what specifically do I need to be doing differently and better? Mm. Well, it very much starts with listening. It starts with curiosity. Uh, it starts with, and it's hard, it's hard to be a leader in these times because there's so much going on. But even personalization, there's this, this idea now of having this the, the personal manual where everybody has a, a few key facts written down about themselves that managers can read uh, and, and understand everyone better by. So uh, I think for, for a leader today, it's really about having having genuine care for the people that you work for. It's not about, well, this, these topics are good for home. And when you come into work, you never talk about your family. You never talk about X, Y and Z. It's about being genuinely curious, asking questions, wanting to know what's going on for that individual. Um, and it, for it to be, as I say, genuine. It's not it's not an act. It's not fake. Um, and I think it's it, it, it can be quite hard. I mean, I was talking to a recruiter in the insurance industry at an event a little while ago, and he was saying that he's seen more and more uh, companies coming through saying, bring us the resumes of people who are empathetic. And he's mm. thinking, well, you know, how how do I do this? So it's it's quite a tough one. And, and, and that, yeah, that's interesting. So how how do you um, assess for empathy? Yeah, well, I, I was talking. I, I I ran a round table for uh, about fifteen HR execs before Christmas, and we were talking about this, and they was they were struggling as well. Um, so people were suggesting things like. Is there evidence of uh, volunteering, for example? Um, do they like pets? <laughs> you know, it's kind of quite random. Um, but I've had other senior leaders say, look, it's impossible. It's impossible to see on the CV. It's such, such a blunt edge tool. Uh, we've got to get them in and do the situational interviewing. And then those sorts of things will come out. 
so, so yeah, it must be about go digging deep about specific things that they do and have done and can, can evidence that, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I do hear, you know, I do hear the word curiosity more and more. You know, I'm lucky enough to speak to some great business leaders and some really interesting experts, but curiosity just keeps on coming back in lots of guises, both as both from a leadership perspective, from an entrepreneur's perspective. And now, you know, hearing you with your expertise in, in empathy, this thing about curiosity is... Uh, keeps on coming back and, and the other thing that you said was, that was really interested in me was around the personalization i spoke to a, an hr director of a global recruitment business not so long ago and and she she was talking about everything they're doing to give the ultimate employee experience which is so critical now is all around personalization so how can i make this experience work for you and and you and you and you and it doesn't have to be the same which is uh, which is really interesting, and, and, and I guess you have to be uh, incredibly empathetic to really make sure I understand enough about you to personalise the employee experience to ensure that this journey is working for you as well as for us. Yeah, absolutely. And imagine if you're and people say this all the time when I'm doing keynotes. Well, I've got a huge team. How am I supposed to know what's going on for everybody in that team? So mm -hmm. it, it does present huge challenges. Yeah. I was, I was, um, when you did your intro about um, people making wrong decisions and the experience that you'd had where somebody had uh, made an assumption about you being lazy or whatever, um, it just took me back to early days. It was very early days in my management, uh, Shola. So um, I've learned from them, but I, I very, I got that close to letting somebody go because he was just off the ball. He was just, he'd lost the focus, he'd lost the, uh, energy he's lost lost his contribution and I was crazy busy at the time and it was just I remember really getting more and more frustrated mm -hmm. and I'm always focused on what job he should be doing for me etc etc anyway we had one final ding dong where I was saying this is not working out for me and he broke down in tears and uh talk, talked about his daughter who's being bullied at school and uh, and I came out there feeling pretty small uh, in terms of my my listening skills, my empathy, I didn't use the expression empathy, but my my willingness to understand him as an individual and understand his life and, and everything. And it was a really, you know, actually we turned it around brilliantly and, and, and he was absolutely fantastic. But I got that close to being a massively unempath unempathetic and, and mm. affecting him in, in a way that he didn't deserve um and and um it, it was really interesting when you were describing that i've been through that and uh yeah you know, yeah do you think there's, there's a, less, less or more are we getting better if, to, if you to generalize when you when you talk to your audiences are we uh, getting better at empathy yeah i think we're getting more interested in it certainly i mean i, I couldn't imagine 10 years ago people sort of sitting patiently through a whole keynote or a whole workshop series or whatever on yeah. a topic like empathy. I think it was seen as quite amorphous, um, too touchy-feely. What does it mean? Why is it useful? So yeah. so we're, we're certainly moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, no, no it's, it's, it's fascinating. Good, mm. so, so and, and in terms of organizations where you say, right, you have really, you've done something really special there. I as a benchmark of an empathetic organization. Are there particularly sort of brands or organizations that you think do this particularly well? Um, 
well, I tend to work at it from a sort of keynote speaker perspective, but often I'm involved in the planning of, you know, a, a whole initiative and mm. how this is going to be used going forward. And one company that I did some work with is Ferrara USA, which is, um, you know, Ferrara Rocher, the Swiss chocolate yeah. maker. So they own Ferrara USA. Ferrara USA makes things like gummy bears and, and sort of, uh, sort of sweets like that anyway. Yeah. Um, and they had decided after the George Floyd murder through a lot of their, their staff saying, well, look, look at our values. They don't mean anything. Let's change our values. So they decided that they would take on empathy as one of their new values. Mm-hmm. So they marked this with a session with the, the CEO, town hall, keynote speaker, which is myself. Um, and then what they did is because they are a manufacturing company, they've got obviously people in the factories as well. Um, they then took that further. They had a mural painted on one of the walls in the company um, mm. that kind of depicted empathy. So people were walking by it every day and reminded of that. They then set up micro learning. So even in the factories, they had TVs playing like little snippets of interviews with the executives talking about why empathy is so important and so on. So they had the micro learning, they had the leadership training as well. Um, and then now they've got uh, on, an ongoing program to keep keep this, this top of mind. So yeah. I think it's not just one session or, you know, take the module and then you'll be done. It's got to be something that's, that's, that's happening over a period of time, the reminders and the, the emphasis. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I've done a lot of value work and culture work over the years. And I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking how many times does the empathy or the caring come out as a, as a core value? And um, it's not so much in truth. Um, occasionally there's, there's work around team, but does that get translated into uh, total empathy? Um, mm. I'm not, not really sure, sure that it does. And, and so, uh, so where do you anticipate empathy in the workplace going moving forward? Uh, I, I, th- I certainly see a lot more companies doing work on it and c- creating ongoing programs. And um, I, I know companies I've worked with, like Google, for example, they are doing empathy for leaders, you know, over a period of time. Um, and then also empathy for individuals. So I think it's really got to go beyond the sort of one-off events or the you know three-month period events Um, and as we move towards micro learning and you know blended learning opportunities it's just got to keep coming up again and again and again Mm -hmm. and then also be and this is something else that came up when I was talking to HR leaders you know how do we make sure that leaders are measured on their ability to be empathetic or their empathetic behavior. Mm. So as we start doing these pulse surveys and, and, and similar, are we bringing that in? Are we incentivizing managers through their, you know, their pay and whatever yeah. to be empathetic and to, to keep exhibiting these behaviors? So I think uh, if things go in the right way, it's going to be, um, we'll, we'll have more and more of this happening uh, so instead of the value, you know, like excellent, I'm, I'm doing some work for a company right now and they've got those one word, you know, excellence, innovation. It doesn't it doesn't mean a lot for people uh, on a day to day basis. So it, it's how do we translate that into action? How do we reward those actions um, and how do we get senior leaders to model those actions so that it's it's up, up and down throughout the organization? It's it's um, again, I know you when, when you when you almost connect or, or you look at some of the issues that might potentially have been avoided if we're more empathetic. 
diversity and inclusion, obviously, um, you've talked about men mental well-being and, and burnout and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. but, but the other the other thing that you sort of alluded to is is in terms of um, the intent to stay. And I think that's that, that's really interesting in a talent short world where um, people are looking to hang on and attract talent. If we can, if we can convince the good ones to stay, or the ones that are right for our journey to stay, um, then that, that is a crit critical strategy. So, uh, do you do, do you get a sense that actually this could be quite a powerful? And I guess it goes back to that personalization. This could be quite a powerful strategy. So let us become the most empathetic business organization that can be, because empathy equals engagement, which equals retention. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's data from Catalyst. They did a study, I think, last year on empathetic leadership, and they actually got data um, showing that, I mean, in this case, it was for black women, but it was showing that empathetic leaders do influence the intent to stay of that particular group. Mm. And, and I have clients, I was speaking at a hedge fund this week, and they were saying that it's, it's such a tight market we need really bright people to to work here mm. we are one of the few organizations that really promotes a family atmosphere uh kindness caring in a typically quite cutthroat mm. you know uh, industry so um yeah definitely seeing seeing more companies seeing this as a strategic advantage if you like yeah the um and, and I guess the some, some of the organizations that you're talking about they sound like they're going beyond the words into actually investing, investing into doing something about it. And, and, and that's why I was so impressed with this, this recruitment organization because they would invest in a series of workshops all about empathy, which I, I thought was, was taking it a step beyond what mo many people do. Yeah, well, I think especially as, as a topic, because there's still gonna be many people out there that think, huh, empathy, what? So they need to keep hearing, <laughs> this is important, this is important. There's another workshop, there's some training, because yeah. otherwise they'll just think, oh, this is the next fluffy fad and then carry on as before. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely fascinating. So, so listen, Shola, I, I, um, I'm, I'm really glad we had this and I didn't know I was going to have this conversation with this, this recruiter a couple of weeks ago. But the, um, in terms of people who want to access you, I know you do workshops, I know you do keynotes, you've written a book, obviously. Um, you've done some white papers. What 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 sort of things do you do, and do you for uh, do you do for organisations? Uh, yeah, all of those. Uh, I did some work with uh, gosh, I forget what they're called, luxury brand. Um, they wanted some podcasts. They wanted a. a they felt like their their people were so burned out with video training and so on. They actually wanted a, a podcast that they could just give to their, their leaders. So it could be, could take all sorts of forms, online training, um, sort of virtual keynotes, in-person keynotes, a little bit of consulting, leadership training, uh, but, but yeah, very much focused around DEI um, from an empathy perspective and then leadership as well. Where can we follow you apart from LinkedIn? Anything else we should be watching? Yeah, go, go onto my website, sholakay.com. Uh, you can download the white paper. So as I said, I spoke to about 15 HR leaders, international groups, um, and they shared their, 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 their feelings, their thoughts about empathy and leadership, empathy and culture, empathy and DEI. So that's, if you're, you're just kind of coming around now to looking into empathy, that could be a good starting place. So if you go onto my website, sholakay.com, you'll see it on the, the front page, or you can go to sholakay.com slash white paper 
and you can download it from there. Fantastic. Well, Shola, thank you for joining us. Sorry, there's a little bit of background noise uh, coming through, but um, it's been absolutely fascinating. And DNI is only going to be uh, uh, more prominent on the on the uh, strategic agenda of organisations. And, and it just feels to me that this is actually uh, a really smart way of folks on the empathy, the listening, uh, and just thinking about how we are as leaders that can that can actually enable us to be the sort of inclusive business that we want yeah. and give people those personalized personalized journeys and experiences that, that's right for them um I, I think it's absolutely fascinating and and uh, yeah I, mean, I remember getting very very uh motivated and inspired by some of the sort of empathetic and care that was shown during the pandemic and um and seeing more and more of it being integrated in habits for organizations so it's uh it's a fascinating space. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Uh, please, anybody listening, reach out and uh, to Shola directly and follow. Um, but I would, yeah, let's let's do this again sometime. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Gordon. Much appreciated. Take care. Bye.